Welcome to another edition of the Rough Rider podcast. Um, I think we're up to like episode 16 now. Um, today's guest is uh, a fellow 93 graduate, Sarah Marr, now Sarah Confessori. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thanks. Uh, How are I'm you? Excited. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. I'm good. Good. Uh, first off, tell us where you're calling from. Uh, I live in, I'm in my tiny third bedroom in my apartment in Brooklyn, New York. Very nice. Um, when we had spoke prior, you had mentioned you lived in New York, and I thought that would be exciting to hear about. And um, I'm ready to hear about it. So um, tell us about what led up to you ending in New York. Sure. Well, uh, we, you know, we all graduated. We had this crazy summer with flooding that several of us have talked about. Um, I would love to say I did really exciting things that summer. I don't know that I really did. Um, but I, I had applied and gotten into Iowa state. So I headed to Ames studied in Ames for, uh, four years and graduated with, with a degree in fashion design and was set on moving to New York city to be a fashion designer. So I did. Um, with, uh, basically a suitcase and a sewing machine, Dang. um, moved into a hotel, uh, lived in that hotel for about three weeks, moved into another, uh, women's residential hotel, which sounds like such a nice, safe place. <laughs> oh, I could tell you a story. I could tell you a whole hour of stories just on that place alone, but, and then finally settled into an apartment with a couple of roommates, um, on the Upper East Side. Nice. Um, so, uh, yeah. And so from there, I started applying to jobs and got actually got a job in at some level of the fashion industry. I'm not sure it's quite what I imagined, but yeah, that started my New York story. I like that story because it's it's Midwest girl moving to the big city. You know, it's with nothing but a suitcase and a sewing machine. It's kind of something movies are made about. Do you remember that old movie, Joe's Apartment? It was yes. MTV short and they made it into a whole movie. Yes. Okay. That's a little over exaggerated, but actually that kid had gone to university of Iowa and gets off the bus in an, a big Iowa sweatshirt in that movie. I can't tell you how annoyingly real like, accurate that sort of felt in my early years here. Um, even down to the bugs. Mine did not sing and dance, but they were definitely present. <laughs> I can imagine. And being so expensive there, you take what you can get, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's just, I mean, my first apartment, we lived above an Indian restaurant. How do you live above, above a restaurant and not have the potential for 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 bugs? Oh, yeah. Anybody who thinks that there are not bugs in New York City restaurants, don't come to New York. You won't see them, but they're there. Well, maybe in one or two restaurants you might, but they're there because they're, they're just everywhere, you know, everywhere. So living above any restaurant, do you just smell like that restaurant all the time? Oh, I was curry scented. <laughs> nice. Did yeah. you like the food at least? Um, you know, it, it was good. It was a good restaurant. We lived above a fairly nice uh, restaurant, but uh, it's kind of ruined Indian food for me. It's just it it <laughs> it was too much. Yeah, I'd be in trouble if I lived above a restaurant. I honestly would eat there every night. I couldn't afford to though. Yeah, true. I mean, we would save up coins to go to the bar. And, you know, if we, if nobody bought us a drink after two beers, we had to go home because we didn't have any more money. So 
yeah, that's not that's not fun. But I mean, that's New York, right? I mean, that's it is. Um, so tell us your step from there. Yeah, sure. So I I worked I worked in the fashion industry for, I mean you. We're mostly all the same rough age, so you all know how old we are. But um, for a lot more years than I like to admit, um, designing clothes for um, some small companies that sold to places like Walmart or Target, Kmart, those kinds of sort of mass market, maybe even to a Macy's or something like that, um, designing kids' clothes. I did that for several years, and I, I, I just kind of burned out. So I had an opportunity. I was at Sears, and I had an opportunity to move over into packaging and uh, I took the opportunity and it was just such, it, it's like I found my calling, you know? Um, it's sort of a weird little niche, but I absolutely love figuring out how the brand sells the product. Um, it's kind of, it's not nearly as glamorous on uh, apparel. So I worked for Sears for quite a while doing apparel and um, accessories packaging. And then I got to move over to Gap, which is a great brand to do any kind of branding work for. Um, but when I left Gap, I wanted to find an opportunity to get into things that were a little bit more tactile, things that like consumer packaged goods or grocery or something like that. And this opportunity kind of almost fell into my lap to move into the cannabis industry. So I jumped and I'm now the director of packaging for a multi-state cannabis manufacturer. Nice. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know about New York's laws, but is it legal there? Um, it is medically legal here. We have passed adult use, but it's, it's been passed. It's decriminal, decriminalized here, but we do not yet have the structure to sell adult use. So that's in the works, but I would say sometime, hopefully by the end of 2022, we'll be set up and selling adult use in New York as well. Wow. Wow. That's pretty cool. Um, so man, that's a heck of a jump. Like, so how do you, how do you fall into that? I mean, does, does someone approach you? Did you see the opening? Um, I found the opening. It, I mean, essentially, the thing about the cannabis industry is it's such a new industry. You know, in the United States, legalized cannabis is, what, six, seven years uh, max. And so when you're talking about finding people to run a packaging-specific department, to head a packaging department, it's not like you have tons of people that have sure. 20 years of packaging experience in cannabis. Cause if they do, that includes like putting it in baggies and <laughs> like right, that, right. black market. And so what, what happens is in a lot of sort of specialized areas, the cannabis market ends up industry ends up reaching out into other industries and pulling experts from those interested from those industries who are interested in learning. That makes sense. So you were there um, for 9-11, correct? I was. Tell us about your experience with, uh, with that. Yeah, that was a crazy, crazy time. Um, I, at the time, I was, I was still in, uh, designing. I was working for a company that was maybe uh, not even a half mile from my apartment. So I walked to work um, every day. I was actually listening to Howard Stern for some reason um, on the radio and I'm listening to him as they're reporting all of a sudden that the planes have hit. I go to my office cause I'm not 
really believe it. You know, it's Howard Stern. I'm not sure if it's actually real. Right. <laughs> because it's Howard Stern. Right. So I go to my office um, and we're, those of us who are there um, are who are already there early are um, turning on the radio and things like that. And finally, we actually we went up. My office building was pretty tall and we were able to go up to like the the 20th floor or so, which was a, a floor that was under construction. So we could go up and we actually stood and watched, I mean, watched them fall. Oh. We saw these, you know, what we thought were papers or things coming out windows and found out these, we were watching people jump. Um, it was it, like, I'm getting chills right now, even 20 years later telling it, but um so uh, our company sent us home having no idea what any other repercussions of that could be, whether there would be other, we were really close to the Empire State Building, not knowing if they would hit other sites or there were other things in action. So I went home um, and we, I mean, we were all in shock. We just didn't even know what to do. We couldn't call anybody. All the, the lines were down. Our landline was dead. Um, we just, we had no it was a very weird time of being so isolated and yet the community coming together so much. Um, we drank a lot. Um, we spent a huge amount of time at the bar around the corner and we were fairly close to where a lot of the national guard was housed. So we would run into guardsmen at the, um, at the bar and we actually, you know, trying to figure out what we could do to support. We actually um, offered up our, um offered up our apartment <laughs> like if you want to come shower you can shower with you know not shower with us but shower at our house hey now i mean totally different story right <laughs> that's <laughs> serving your serving your country in a different <laughs> aspect <laughs> right no but like you know clean towels here's um you know we gave them beers and i think i made cookies or something like that because they were so packed into the armory you know their choice is go to bed or spend an hour in line waiting for the 10 showers that are there. Right. So, you know, I think, I think something like 12, 13 people showered at our apartment that week, just giving them, you know, and we had to rinse down the tub afterward because there was so much grit, grime. It was, it was, it was, it was surreal. So. That's, I, I don't even know what to respond or how to respond to that, but I, I appreciate you sharing that experience. Um, Absolutely. It's a, it's unique, you know, it's fairly unique, but it's like that angle is mine, but it's something we all shared as, as, as citizens of the country. So I think it's good to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. And again, thank you for sharing that. And I'm, I'm sorry you had to go through that. Thanks. Uh, all right. Um, Let's move a little bit more towards Roosevelt here. And um, I definitely want to hear about that. And, and um, maybe we can jump back to that. But did you go to the reunion at all? I went to the 10 year. Um, at the 20 year, I think uh, I had like a six week old. Yeah. <laughs> my, first, my, my older uh, child was born just a couple of weeks before. Uh, it was not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't make for a good time. No. Okay. Did you have fun at the 10 year? I did. Um, I think I spent time with the folks that I most wanted to spend time with and spent a little time talking to other, other people, Good. but, um, it was fun. It was fun, but I think I mostly really hung with my own, yeah. my, my closest, not my own, my closest folks. So. Yeah. 
Well, being so far away, I mean, you don't really have a chance to get to see the people that you hung out with the most. And I'm sure that's what you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, funny enough, um, Jennifer Rusk, who lived two blocks down the street from me on 46th Street, um, now lives in Brooklyn, too. So we do try to see each other fairly often. It's still not a lot, but um, it's more than anyone else. I'll say that. That's pretty cool, though. Yeah. Um. All right. Any any high school memories stand out that you'd like to share? Oh gosh, I was thinking about this a lot. I fully admit, I don't know if it's a it's a, a having two children thing or just being generally old thing. My memory is not great. <laughs> but I would say, you know, I was in marching band all through high school, and I have a lot of good memories of band parties and trips and things that we did. Uh, I think we went to Florida my junior or senior year with the marching band. Um, it, just really, really good times with that group of, of people. Going to Florida was that to march in like one of the bowl parade things, or because yeah. I know a lot of schools do that. I want. My memory says it was the Fiesta Bowl, but I won't swear to that. But yes, it was it was a bowl game parade. Um, okay. not, not at the halftime, but in the parade, we got to to march. Um, actually, interestingly, I remember I should have done I should have done my homework and gotten my um, yearbook out and looked up names because I'm terrible with names. But I remember that we were playing um, conga um, <laughs> by Miami Sound Machine, and I was marching backwards holding the 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 symbols hi hat, and there were these big bumps in the middle of the road and I kept tripping over them at every intersection. They're like, you know, to sort of separate the, the corners of the intersection. And um, I kept tripping over them. And I was so mad because the two guys who were a year older, a couple of years older than me, um, wouldn't give me any warning. Oh no. <laughs> I never fell, but <laughs> But you might as well have, right? I felt like, a, you know, an idiot, but it was good. It good. good. It's still a fun memory for some reason. I have no idea why. <laughs> uh, anything you change about the high school experience? Um, I think I, I wish, I mean, kind of, I, I can't really change it. I wish I had been a little bit more outspoken. I was pretty shy. I was pretty quiet. I think I didn't really stand up for myself in some situations, both with, you know, other kids or teachers. Um, so I wish I'd been just a little bit more assertive. Um, I think I am more, much more so now. Good. Good. And when did you find that voice? Do you know? Um, probably moving to New York on your own. It actually wasn't. It was crazy enough. Um, not too long after I moved to New York, I was in a car accident and, um, had a fairly decent amount of injury for not without actually having anything major, you know? So I had to have like surgery to fix my wrist, surgery to fix my knee. I still have herniated discs from it, blah, blah, oh, blah. Man. We all have crap wrong with us by this age, but in the process, but I also had a lot of anxiety about like <laughs> traffic, which is awesome to have in New York city because it's <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> right. But so in the process of, of getting over that, I feel like that's really when I found my voice. Good. Um, man, sounds like a bad deal. So were you, were you driving or were you in a cab? No, I was drunk hailing a cab after dancing all night at like three and four in the morning when the bars closed. Oh, okay. uh, my doctor actually, fun fact, my doctor told me that being drunk actually really saved me because when you're drunk, you 
I hate to say it, you bounce. You don't tense up the same way. So that when you have... <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That's terrible. But when you have an impact, your body doesn't re your because your reactions are so slow, you're less likely to get quite as hurt. So he said essentially my injuries could have been worse if I had been stone cold stone cold drunk. I mean, you can ask uh Nick Sumsky about that, see if he <laughs> agrees with that. Yeah, I'll there. jot that down. <laughs> he may be like, Sarah, you're full of shit. Oh, can I swear? I'm sorry. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but you know, we'll see. But but that's what my doctor told me at least. So it checks out from where I'm at. <laughs> um, man, that's crazy. So do you being out in New York, uh, do you get to any like the big Broadway plays or do you go to any major like football or or baseball, Yankee Stadium or Madison Square Garden or concerts or anything like that? I mean, I have a five-year-old and an eight-year-old, so yeah. right now, not a ton because they're just, you know, they're in an age that we're, they're just getting to an age where, like, the eight-year-old I can take, the five-year-old, if she's having a good day, <laughs> we could go to something like that. Yeah. But outside of that, though, we do try to get out a bit. Um, I, for a while, I was really close to a friend who had Jets tickets, so I got to go to several games there, um, both in the new, the old and the new stadium. Um my husband is a Yankees fan, so we go to several. We definitely go to games here and there. Um, and then, I mean, we love Broadway. Uh, Chris is my husband. We met in a – we actually met in a theater organization out here. So we both like theater. We try to get out. We always try to go for our anniversary if we can to a show. Yeah. And any other times we can as well. What's your favorite show? Um, I'm a big fan of Waitress. I just really love the music of that show um but i also like i'm a sucker for some of the older stuff you know the music man the iowa connection there yeah uh, you no know, it's a good feel good show 76 trombones yep <laughs> all right I, I'll th yeah i dig that um i've never been a huge uh musical type play type but my wife definitely opened my eyes to that and seeing something on broadway would be amazing um it's so, a great experience. I, and yeah. That way is ba um, opening back up. I, I highly recommend that when people have the opportunity, they come out and see a show. Like, even if it's not your thing, the experience is pretty, it, it's pretty special. So did COVID impact you? Because um, I know New York got hit pretty hard. Um, uh, yeah, I had COVID. Um, uh, April, early April of 2020, I, I, uh, I came down with it. I don't know where I got it. Um, we were, I'd already been out of work for not out of work, but working from home three weeks. And so I don't know. I went to the grocery store or something and somebody must've coughed on me. That's a very early case. It was pretty early. Well, I mean, it was right at when it was ramping up in New York. It was so yeah. scary to be here because we were completely taxed. This is when they were piling bodies in, uh, semi freezer semis to because they didn't have room in, in the morgues um they were telling people not to come to the hospital unless they absolutely were dying um people were like having their friends wrap <laughs> you know do, do i know a doctor who i can just hop over to their house and have them wrap my kid's broken arm or whatever because they were petrified to take uh to the hospital where there were so many sick people um so it was it was a little scary um i was 
sick beyond belief for two weeks and then symptoms for another two weeks. So four weeks total front until I felt like I could say I was asymptomatic. Um, and it was, it was pretty intense. Um, as a result, also my company is now a fully remote company. So I work from home Good. all the time. Uh, good and bad. It would be a lot better. I think if I didn't have small children, sure. uh, <laughs> But, uh, and we moved because of it also from one apartment to another in Brooklyn um, so that we could have, I have a tiny little, in New York, it qualifies, it qualifies as a third bedroom. I'm not sure in Iowa it would qualify as, a third, as an actual bedroom. Um, but I have this tiny little bedroom that is just my office and sort of the, you know, the craft room. It's where we store kids crafts and things like that too. But I'm able to shut the door and have quiet and work when the kids are home so yeah very nice yeah. um so having moved to new york at such a young age i'm sure you've had some uh not so good jobs that you can brag about care to share any um so unlike many of the people we've talked to i really had a focus in life um i knew in high school i knew in college i wanted to design clothing so I moved to New York and started doing that. And uh, I did that until I moved to packaging. So I didn't have a lot of those same kinds of really crap jobs um, that some folks have. I did uh, cater waiter a little bit here and there. Um, but what, what is that? What's cater waiter? Okay, when really, really rich people have fancy apartments and they want to have a dinner party in their apartment, they'll hire uh, extra people to help caterers okay. that walk around with plates of, of things, of things. Oh, and if that makes sense, yeah, if you're hiring a big catering company, these people are already employed by the catering company. But if you're hiring like the fun little, the, the chef down the street or whatever, these people sometimes get hired separately. And so I had a little agency. I was doing that through, uh, through, but it wasn't bad. I mean, it was, it was, it was a lot of work, but I also got to meet some really, um, some really kind of fun, interesting people through it. Um, I got to talk for a while with um, old movie director, Roger uh, Corman for a bit and some really interesting uh, stuff like that. But, but it wasn't terrible um, in terms of bad jobs. Honestly, working for Sears was in one way the best because it got me into packaging, but I lived through 18 rounds of layoffs there. Oh, wow. Uh, it was in the, <laughs> the era when Sears just started going completely downhill. Yeah. And that, because of that process of layoffs, it was, the the morale there was so bad. It It's such, I mean, whether you shop at Sears or not, just the decline of this American icon is, it, it, it was heartbreaking to watch. And to yeah. watch people that I know and respect get laid off and then the next day two more people get laid off and then a month later more people get it was just it was awful awful yeah that catalog was the first catalog that my brother and i had that we would like circle things we wanted for christmas uh -huh. it ended up being like half the catalog yeah. <laughs> but, um but yeah that was the i think that was the original catalog back in the early 1900s too yeah. if i'm not mistaken it was. You could you could buy houses out of the Sears catalog. That's right. Yeah, I have heard that. Components, and you could have them assembled or build them yourself. Yeah. <laughs> the original Lego set, like build your own house. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> All right. Well, so 
what's um what's something you do for fun these days in new york well i mean you we, might have already answered this too yeah we, we do have little kids so we spend a lot of our time doing kid activities but um I think I mentioned that my husband and I met through a theater organization. Um, it's called the Blue Hill Troupe. It's uh, almost 100 years old. It's an organization that puts on shows, uh, two, uh, two theater shows a year, and then everyone who acts in it and everyone who makes the sets and the costumes and such is volunteer. Yeah. And all of the money raised from ticket sales and advertising sales in the program is donated to a partner charity. Um, generally, they're charities that do things around like, uh, I don't know, things, uh, children, families, uh, women's services, things like that. Um, generally, smaller charities that aren't able to, like, we would never partner with Susan J. Komen. Susan J. Komen makes millions and millions of dollars in donations every year. We right. partner with somebody where if we can give them $25,000 in a year, we want to partner with a charity that that's going to make a big difference in their programming, in their ability to do whatever their next phase is or something like that. But um, so my husband and I met through this organization. He was uh, does a lot of editing of their the program and uh, like uh, stage uh, set building. And I have always done costumes for the troupe. Uh, and so we like to be involved in troupe events. There's a lot of social with it, too. So I would say that's sort of our our free time fun thing. I like it. I dig that. That's uh, that's very cool. We're actually the the troop uh, this year. We are not this season. We're not. We've been very very uh, removed. But uh, you're in town. Actually, opens uh, I think either tonight or tomorrow. Um, we have tickets on Friday to go see it. So good, good job out of you. That sounds like a a, a great deal. It's fun. So um, since you met your husband there, tell us a little bit about him. Sure. He is a, um, his name's Chris. He's a born and raised New Yorker. He grew up on approximately 23rd street in Manhattan. Um, grew up summering in the Hamptons. It's, it's uh, funny that, wait, okay, let me stop. It's funny that you'd like give us the street. Cause that's what they do in New York. Like yeah. he's from, <laughs> he's from around 23rd street, like here in, in, in Iowa and Des Moines. Like, oh, oh, I'm like, okay. Yeah, I'm happy to hear it. Like someone else would know exactly the area or whatever in New York, um, but yeah, like he grew up. He grew up off of Myrtle Hay Road. He, yeah, he grew up down by Franklin. Like, I, I guess it's the same, but you know, I yeah. don't know. But yeah. I'm sorry, carry on. I just had to interject. You're right, though. It is exactly the way the way that we describe it. Oh, I grew up on the corner of such and such and such and such here, but I would never be at like, oh, I grew up on the corner of Carpenter and 46. Exactly. <laughs> just not the way you do it. So, um, but yeah, so he grew up here. Um, he uh, is since uh, our first daughter was born, he has been a... Uh, he likes to say he's a house husband. Um, so he takes care of our kids and runs our household while I work. So um, it's kind of a, you know, the reverse of the um, cleavers, but it works for us. Um, Mr. Mom. Yeah, he's Mr. Mom. Uh, invaluable in the past two years with every with all of the school shutdowns and stuff that's gone on in New York. Um, the population is just so dense here that we can't totally get past COVID. Um, so it's, uh, it's been great to have that sit, set up for the last two years. I mean, the, the whole time it's been great, but especially the last two years. So, yeah. 
Um, so you guys spend a lot of time around each other then. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love him dearly, but I will say when you do those vows, you know, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, all that crap, they do not say for 365 days yeah. a year, 24 <laughs> 7. For confinement. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> so you said two girls, right? Yeah, I have a an eight year old named Tessa and a five year old named Zella. Um, Very nice. They are, yeah. It's a. I feel like it's kind of tough when your last name is Confessori. Finding names that sound kind of work with is <laughs> yeah. challenging. But um, they're great kids. They are. Um, uh, Tessa is uh, very into. Um, dresses and ballet and gymnastics and pink and things like that and Zella likes those things and also a whole lot of other things too and is always covered in bruises because she is just a she is a physical kid whenever anybody starts saying those things of like oh you have girls it must be so easy and I'm like I would love to give you my my five-year-old yeah. see what you say in two hours yeah <laughs> people that talk like that just don't know what they're talking about no there's no you know sure there are things that are traditionally boy and girl but boy and girl is just based on who you are who you're identifying as and so we let them identify how they're identifying yeah i'm in the same boat i, I yeah. feel you um someone that stands out that's made an impact in your life that you'd like to talk about yeah, I struggled with this. Um, you know, I um, I think somebody who I feel like, I don't know if it's the greatest impact, but my aunt Sally is a pretty, pretty amazing person. Um, she has, uh, she, Sally Peterson, she was uh, Lieutenant Governor of Iowa under Tom Vilsack. Yeah. Um, so first of all, she's just a, a pretty remarkable woman in terms of what she's done with her life and career. She had a great career at Meredith Corporation before that. Um, and then her husband, uh, my uncle Jim, is an author. And actually, she and he have written a book or two together as well. But I just think she's always been, you know, you no matter how great your parents are, you need that adult that's your non-parental adult somebody that you can look up to in a different way than you look at your parents. And my yeah. aunt has really always been that. Yeah. Unbiased kind of not going to give the yeah. parental, but yeah. You know, yeah. come to New York when I'm, when I'm broke and take me out to a really fancy dinner, introduce me to, to interesting people that might help me forward my career. Just like, you know, she's just a really, she's a terrific person. has really shaped my life a lot. Good. It's always nice to have someone like that in your pocket, yeah. your back pocket, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Good. Um, so I want to hear um, what you do for fun. Or I'm sorry. I already asked that. Yeah. Um, an explanation. I'm going to give you one, or I'll let you choose one. How about that? Um, a favorite movie, a favorite book, or a favorite TV show. And I just want to I want to hear which you have and, and, and give me a reason why. Um, you know, if I... There, there's a difference between like my favorite um, of all time necessarily and my favorite right now. If I had to say TV show right now, I would say British Baking Show. I am so about that show. British like, Baking Show. Yeah, yeah, the Great British Baking Show. Um, I, we love cooking shows in my house, 
uh, partly because I love to bake, but yeah. also because uh, <laughs> there's something that the children can watch with us. We watch a lot of like uh, home improve, you know, uh, flip or flop type of home improvement shows too, because again, there's something that we can watch with the kids that's not cartoon child centric. Right. And we both hit a point when we can't watch any more of that crap. So uh, <laughs> it, it becomes sort of a, a something that works for the whole family. Yeah. Um, but, you know, talking about sort of bigger things, um, I, I would say, you know, my my favorite book of all time is probably um, a book called The Red Tent. It explores a lot of like femininity around the biblical story of Dina. And it's just really got some spirituality and some feminine and a, a huge uh, like feminine identification and um, figuring out, you know, your own path and your own role. So, yes. Yeah. Nice. Good choice. Um, any kind of music out there? I, I'm, I know you guys probably have all kinds of great cultural music, but what are you listening to? Um, I, I, I'm no different than pretty much everybody you've had on your show. Uh, we end up with a little Taylor Swift or whatever with my kids. And we end up one of who is trying to interrupt right now um, and things like that. But really, I listen to stuff I listened to in high school and college. Yeah. You know, I end up going back to I'll put on soul coughing or even the Beatles, Billy Joel, you know, whatever it is, just something that's I kind of go in phases, but I'm never listening to to current stuff. It's uh, that older stuff is familiar and it just cool. it strikes a nerve and is um, comforting, too. Yeah. My husband's kind of on the same page when we're in the car. He'll always put it on like Yacht Rock, which is kind of embarrassing, except Unfortunately, it's really just our jam, so that's what we do. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Sorry, just as you're, you're fine. Person out of the room. <laughs> Not a problem. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you want to play a little bit of um, rapid fire? Sure. All right. Only if you have the correct answers, though. Okay. <laughs> All right. This is going to go nowhere but, but bad. So, I, yeah. I don't. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm going to have to just stop asking that question altogether because I'm not getting the answer I want. Um. So we'll start easy. Okay. Chocolate okay. or vanilla? Uh, chocolate. Good call. Beer or liquor? Generally beer. Yeah. What kind of beer do you drink out there? I actually don't drink a ton of either. I. This is terrible. Uh, it's not terrible, but it's just, it's so like, oh, I'm in the industry and now this is my jam. I really love um, the very lightly, um, uh, the, the seltzers that have just a light amount of cannabis inf infused into it. So like the five milligram seltzer. I love them. They're really good. They're just the nice, <laughs> right buzz. So that's what I drink most um, when I'm having something non, you know, something, a, an adult drink. Yeah. Who makes those? Um, there's a lot of different uh, companies. Uh, many of them are state to state. Um, I certainly do not buy them in Massachusetts and bring them over the state line because that would be illegal. But um, I like high five out of Massachusetts. <laughs> okay. And yeah, I mean, why would you do something so never yeah. ever do that? Okay. Summer or winter? Uh, summer for sure. Agreed. Cats or dogs? Cats. Twizzlers or red vines? 
this is a lose-lose question. I know. Um, it's Twizzlers. I'm not sure I've ever had a red wine in my life. Okay, you're gonna have to seek it out. I will look Just, for them. <laughs> and then report back. You can find me on the Facebook app. Uh, deep dish pizza or thin crust? I mean, I live in New York, so now it's all thin crust. But every once in a while, I like a deep dish, and then my husband mocks me. Oh man, yeah. it's so thick and hearty. Like, how is the pizza out there? Oh, it's good. I mean, it's it's New York style pizza. So if you don't like it, but it's it's cracker thin, uh, often brick oven. Um, you can fold it in half and just go with your slice as you walk down the street. Oh, it's so good. Sure, sure. So good. Mexican or Italian? Uh, I would say careful. <laughs> Knowing that my husband will never listen to this, um, it, it's a hard call because because we like them both. But I really do like Mexican food. Okay, that's fair. I mean, to each their own, right? And what are the chances of him listening to this podcast? <laughs> Coke or Pepsi? I'm a Diet Coke girl all the way. Okay, Target or Walmart? Target. <laughs> But you know that question is loaded. Walmart in Des Moines until high school or later, right? Yeah, it was uh, maybe beginning of high school, but it was a late arrival in the Midwest, or at least for us. Target, yeah. Well, it started in Arkansas, which is just south, not not very far, and it took forever. Yeah. Um, the Roosevelt R logo or the Teddy on the horse logo? I'm the Block R girl. Yeah, that's. That's a pretty big winner in this. eBay or Amazon? Amazon, sadly. Amazon. Everyone says that and they say sadly because they know what Amazon is doing to us. I know. Um, I know. It's already done it. It's so hard to, to, like, to just go out and especially here, like we don't have, I mean, the malls are not what they were in Des Moines, but here, like if you want to go out and get the things you could get on Amazon, you would spend an entire day traveling around the city, finding all the places to get, all of these things, you know, Sarah, those, those malls here are, are really changing too. Um, Valley West is, is slowly falling apart. Merle Hay has turned into like an independent, like it's a bunch of independent shops in there, which is nice. Yeah. Um, so they've definitely had an overhaul. Um, but yeah, uh, you're right about Amazon. Um, the Goonies are back to the future. Oh, Goonies. Yeah. Um, Let's see, shoestring fries or waffle cut fries? I think waffle cut. I'd give that too. Blended margarita or on the rocks? On the rocks. Pearl jam or Nirvana? Um, I think Pearl Jam. Yeah. Steak or chicken? I mean, steak by preference, by what I should be eating is chicken. <laughs> yeah. Everyone can say that, though, right? Mm-hmm. From what they tell us, that chicken we is better for you. We should be eating steak all the time. <laughs> yeah, you don't. You don't always have to have what's better for you, though. No. Twinkies or ho hos? Oh God, I guess ho hos. I don't know that I've had either in ages. Here we go. I'm going to bring you back to to Iowa with this one. Casey's or come and go? Oh, it's Casey's. Doritos or Pringles? That's a hard one because I think that's mood dependent. I mean, Pringles most of the time, but sometimes that Dorito nacho cheese fakeness just really is, can be everything, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Have you ever seen how they're made? It's like sprayed on there. Yeah. It's, 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 
a fancier spray cheese. It's powdered yeah. spray cheese. It's just yeah. <laughs> it's a little different, but I mean, don't think about that. Just no. Put them, <laughs> just put them by the handful in your mouth and roll. Yeah. Math or science? Uh, both challenging subjects for me in high school. Um, probably science. Pizza Bob's or Lost Planet? Uh, lost planet. All right. All right. You passed. Did okay. Even, even yeah. with the rest of names. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You passed. All right. Share a secret. Tell us something about yourself that uh, we wouldn't know. I dressed like a giant slice of pizza in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade one year. <laughs> what? Were you um, asked to do this or did you yeah. just show up? <laughs> I just ran down the street. No, no. Um, <laughs> So if you ever have the opportunity, I mean, you may never want the opportunity, but a person who has the opportunity to watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade in person will see what you don't always see on TV is between every parade, every, sorry, every float, every band, every balloon, they have groups of clowns. And every set of clown is, it's such a huge ordeal to orchestrate, but um, every set of clowns is dressed with a different theme. Yeah, we don't see that at home. No. They're usually at commercial or, or talking to the crazy host. If you don't. really pay attention, sometimes you'll catch like a glimpse of one of them as they're exiting to commercial. Okay. Uh, so the year I was in it, my parents saw me on screen for about 2.3 seconds. That's a long time, though. I mean, it's something. Yeah. But, uh, so I had this big, giant foam rubber piece of uh, pizza slice that sort of was like a, a backpack on backwards. And I think a red sweatsuit and a hat. And there were there were eight of us. And then a ninth person, which was this really tall guy dressed like every bad stereotype of an Italian chef. Oh, great. And like a mustache and yeah. belly and uh, did really bad Super Mario type accent chasing us around with a big rolling pin. And, <laughs> and great. It, it was... Um, pure comedy, but it was, <laughs> it was it was really a unique experience. You know, what? I'm gonna have to pay attention this year, and I do. I dig that. You know what? Hey, I'm going to the pizza. What was a piece of pizza? <laughs> um, let's do. You get to bring three people to dinner. I thought about this a lot. Uh, it it would be family. You know, family, of course. Um, but. Outside of family, because that's always going to be the first thing. I was thinking about this, and I think um, I have just a huge celebrity crush on Christina Tosi. She's a restaurateur who specifically does desserts. Um, she has a, a place in a couple of places in New York called Milk Bar, and she just—I really like her her thoughts about baking and about flavor and about what makes people happy in terms of food. Um, I might bring um, maybe Roxane Gay, who is a, a, an author. Um, I follow a lot of, of what she writes on. Um, I mean, she writes books, whole books, too. But just I like the way she thinks about um, just people and how we interact with each other and women and all sorts of current, you know, things we should be thinking about currently. Race, all of these things mixed together. Um, and then maybe I would bring someone like either e Edith Head or Oleg Cassini, who are like fashion people. Edith Head was a costume designer and Oleg Cassini did some costume design too, but also did a ton of um, Jackie O's clothing, um, yeah. both dead. But um, but I mean, those are the rules. They can be dead. So and we can bring right. them. So. Yeah. Uh, 
And I just think those, you know, interesting people that um, inspire me in some way. So you'd like to pick their brains then sit down yeah. and kind of just, yeah. 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 Nice. Nice. Well thought out answers there. Um, any alums, anybody you want to hear come on the podcast at some point? I mean, I could name dozens of people that would be fun to listen to, but I was thinking Give me a couple. I actually think um, Mark Peterson, who is ooh, seven or eight years younger than me, maybe nine. Anyway, he's my cousin. Um, his older brother is Neil, who is Neil Peterson, a year younger than us. Um, Mark, uh, I just think Mark's really interesting in how he's set up business um, in New York. He's one of the guys who's in the the bacon the the bacon fest okay um and i just think he would be a really interesting person to to hear and see how he's evolved in des moines um and then i don't know you know i would pick my friends i'd love to hear jennifer rusk she's done a ton of traveling um i think you know i don't know lots of people there's lots of people uh that would be fascinating and quite frankly everyone that you've had on has been fascinating to listen to already so yeah, so I wrote those names down, of course, because I'm, I'm always looking for people, and, and I have quite a few booked, which is good, too, that people are still willing to come on. Yeah. But I, I appreciate you listening and, and, and listening to their stories, because I agree. Um, the, I'm, I'm blown away every time, because I, it, I just like hearing people's, people's stories. Like, they could tell me that, you know, they graduated from high school and then, you know, worked from home. And I'd, I'd be fascinated to know what they worked from home on. Had it been like Absolutely. 30 years of working from home. Like, it's just, I like to listen and I like to just interject and have that conversation with one person in that moment. To me, that's, that's been very fun. Yeah. Um, and we get to bring, we get to bring all you along. Me and that person get to put it out there for everyone else to kind of come along, which is fun. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, I, it's really been great for I, I. It's funny. I kind of it's kind of helped me reconnect with so many memories that are that have been lost to me. But then when somebody mentions them, I'm like, oh, I remember that now. <laughs> I know that's what we were talking about. Like it's filling in the pieces. Like we're yeah. slowly putting the puzzle together um, from four years to to thirty years, or however you want to explain that. But uh, so as I yeah, have go a question ahead. for you, which is, so now after doing this, do you think that you would go to the next reunion? Yeah. Yeah, I think I would. Um, I would stay on the other side of the room from Mrs. McInerney. <laughs> Fair. But I, I would. Um, just getting to talk with some of these people. I, and it was never an issue with people. It was, um, it was having that same, and I think I kind of explained this with Rachel, having the same conversation with people uh, that you'll, you'll keep in touch and you'll do this or that. And that knowing that you're not going to like, that would be too much for me. If I could just have a reunion with like five people in a room, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think that would have been more my, my style. Um, and just getting to talk to those five in a nice group setting, as opposed to, I don't know how many showed up 150, 200 or whatever. That would be too much for me. Yeah, I can see that. I just wondered if the po if doing the podcast made you feel differently about how you might have those conversations. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That you know, and that's a good question. I that's definitely something I'd I'd have to explore. Um, I'm sure I could skirt those conversations now. <laughs> At least with you know 16 people so far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're rolling, aren't we? 
Yeah. So last question before we get out of here. Anything that you want to clear up or get off your chest? Nah. You know, I thought about this a lot. and I'm sure maybe 10 years after high school, there might have been something. Uh, first, anything that I can think of, I'm like, oh, it's been so long. And it, right. it, doesn't, mean, it doesn't matter. Any, you know what I mean? Things that bothered me when I was 18 don't bother me at 14. Yeah. You know? <laughs> How are you going to get mad at Judy for not picking you first at dodgeball and, yeah. you know, sophomore gym class? Shit Absolutely. like that. Absolutely. You know, not everybody loved each other. I mean, we, we like to think everybody loved each other. Not everybody did, but, but we've all moved on to so many other things in our lives. We don't know. I don't even always remember. Oh, right. Right. I guess I didn't get along with her so well or whatever. You know what I mean? But if you saw her, you would talk to her now, right? 30 years later. If, if she was in New York. Them. Yeah. Yeah. That's the key, right? If I'm like, you were, oh, maybe. <laughs> First you would stare at them and then you'd yeah. try to know where you knew them from and then it would hit you and they'd probably already be gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, I ran into um, Eric Katoka many years ago. Uh, he was uh, he was a waiter and we had gone out to dinner when I was home visiting my family. And it's like, I kept looking at him going, this guy looks so familiar to me. And I don't know what we were busy in our family, you know, getting together with family I hadn't seen in so long. So I never thought to, I, I just didn't think to say anything, but as I was walking out, once we were out of the restaurant, I'm like, I think that was Eric Katoka. <laughs> and then someone confirmed that, yes, he was working there. And I was like, man, <laughs> but it took me a while to, to just even figure it out, you know, to, to patch that memory together. I hope you didn't tip him very well. <laughs> <laughs> My father. Graciously <laughs> I'm, just kid I'm just kidding. Hey, I'm sure he earned it. <laughs> All right, Sarah, thank you very much for coming on. Um, Absolutely. I, I really enjoyed talking to you about your experiences and, Man, I really admire you just basically packing up a suitcase and a sewing machine and heading out to the craziest city in the world and making it work. Thank you. Um, I really appreciate that. Um, it's been it's been a labor, you know. I hear these people talking about their great houses and stuff on their acreages and such out in nowhere in the middle of uh, Iowa, and I'm thinking about my thousand square foot apartment that we rent in Brooklyn, but, but I love it and it's, it's home. So yeah, it's good. Enjoy it out there and, and thank you again. Absolutely. Thanks. Bye now. Bye-bye.